Hello and welcome to this episode of Rebel with a Mic, the podcast where artists and performers of any kind share their story with us. My name is Miss Micah and I am your host. Welcome to another episode of Rebel with a Mic. And today's guest is James Green with the Broken Binding straight from the Ozarks in Springfield, Missouri. Welcome, James, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So how, how is it going in Springfield right now? Uh, the weather has gotten a lot cooler, falls upon us, and I am reveling in all things autumn. Yeah, I was I was just there like a couple of weeks ago and I was like dying outside. It just Oh, it was, <laughs> it was so hot. Yeah. I know. It it's was, like it's it was, like someone flipped the switch here. It like went from like 95 to like 75 and like oh, just wow. a day. Of course, of course, right after I leave. Right. I know they <laughs> I know they put me out here in Vegas where it's like high 90s every day. Oh, yeah, forget that. I'm out. Uh, it's it's crazy. All right. Well, thanks for joining us and um, and um, talking a little bit about um, what you're doing. So, so you're mainly doing music with uh, the Broken Binding mm-hmm. with your band. How long uh, have you had the band? Uh, this project started. I, I just had like a Facebook memory thing come up. I wasn't even sure. Um, it was about three years ago that I started working on this project by myself. And I started writing and um, started doing solo stuff not too long after that. Um, And then I joined, I I started adding band members about uh, about a year and a half ago now. Um, So I would say the Broken Binding as it's known now is probably about a year and a half, but I started working on the project about three years ago. I like that. Well, it seems like like I saw you posted pictures where people were like famous people wearing your t-shirts. So I guess... <laughs> yeah, well, sort of. <laughs> yeah, there was a few people standing next to famous people wearing our oh, t-shirts. They were wearing and some other uh, semi-popular bands that were wearing them. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I got a lot of love on those t-shirts. It's awesome. Well, for three years, I feel like you guys get a lot of bookings, right? You're like always playing somewhere on the weekends. You know. I'm supposed to try to limit my playing just a little bit because my wife does, doesn't necessarily want me gone all the time. So I try to be a little careful and we try to take little breaks. But um, one key thing for us was in Missouri and during like the pandemic lockdown stuff where a lot of people weren't playing music, um, we decided just to keep playing um, just because we kind of wanted to keep working on stuff and trying to get better in the whole thing. And the crowds were very small and there wasn't a lot of people out there, but I, I do think it had helped us tremendously, um, especially here regionally when booking shows, because they're like, oh yeah, these guys have been out doing it this whole time. Um, as opposed to the bands that maybe disappeared for a year and a half that are now trying to book again. I've got a buddy um, that plays drums with us. that's in another band and they stopped playing altogether and there's, kind of struggling to book shows because you know out of sight out of mind so i think that's been advantageous to us for sure but 
um, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where I hate booking. Like it's like one of the, the least favorite parts of this whole thing, but um, we've been lucky enough. We've had a lot of people reach out and we've tried to create relationships with these venues instead of like business transactions. And um, those are always the places that, that I love going back to and they seem to want us to come back and the whole thing. So that's been pretty, uh, that's been pretty good all in all for us. Okay, yeah, I noticed like there was a taking a break. Like I was in Missouri for three months and right before I left, a lot of people like hit me up about like comedy, booking for shows. And I was like, sorry, I'll be gone. But I told everybody when I'll be back and I'm like, okay, I'll be back in um, September if you have anything open after that. And they're like, yeah, I'll just get back to you. And then now that I'm back, it's like, it's like tough to be like, hey, I'm back. Cause people kind of like forgot about you. And then it's like, it's like tough to get Dude, it, some dates. In I, used to, <laughs> I used to be in a punk band, um, early 2000s, late nineties, early 2000s. We played forever and played as much as we wanted to. It was, it was a good time. And, um, I took 10 years off and the just that's an extreme case, but just being away from it and then trying to like dip your toes back in the water and kind of figure out the lay of the land again. It's, I mean, no one remembers you, <laughs> you know, after yeah. that long, luckily a year and a half, two years, you know, there's an excuse. It's not as bad, but still just any time away, it's like out of sight, out of mind. And that's definitely uh, something to be mindful of if you're an artist and have kind of, you know, taken a step back a little bit is, is yeah, it may take you just a little while to get things rolling again. Yeah, I feel like if you don't have like this, this core fan base that always sticks with you, it's like hard to get the traction back. Because I noticed like during the lockdown last year, some of the bigger artists um, that have like thousands of fans they were like still doing like online stuff like online live sessions just to like keep their connection going or like what I do like one of my favorite bands they were actually um doing something like called distraction tactics because everybody was just locked up in their home especially in the UK everything was more crazy than in the US where nothing was even open not even takeout nothing <clears throat> and they were just doing like a distraction tactics thing and then um, I think, I don't know, if it was every week or every other week, they would like mention like a movie and then all the fans would like watch the movie and then they would get like one of the actors of the movie on, do like a live session, Q&A and all the fans like came on, of course, to see the band and then um, like see like that's famous that's actors. Clever. That's super clever because like I, I would think the idea to keep people's interest through that is just interaction in general. So yeah. if you're able to establish that interaction, it seems like you're doing something right. So that's yeah, great. Every, yeah, because everybody's gonna be busy watching the movie. So that's gonna like get them out of their mind, sitting at home. And then they probably talk to other fans like, hey, did you see the movie? And then they might talk about the movie and then they have like a little Q and A and they maybe learn about a new actor and everybody got to ask questions. And they were like doing different themes every month, like horror, comedy, whatever. So it was pretty good. It was like, you still kind of had like the connection to the bands and got to meet like, or find out like new movies you never heard about before. Because there was right. some, I'm like, I don't even know what movie that is. They took like classic movies from like 20, 30 years ago. And some of them I actually it, had to pay on Amazon. 
does it feel a little bit to you like we're in a little bit of a black hole right now as far as content because everybody was locked in their houses and, and, and just trying to think of ways to like interact with people and throwing all this stuff up, uh, whether it's live streams or just whatever project you had. And now everyone's like focused on, hey, I need to figure out how to get back to like real work. I got to get out back on the road. I got to go make like real money so I can survive. So I feel like we're in a little bit of, not that there's not any content coming out or, or whatnot, but it feels like from where we were, there was this massive amount of just dumping on the internet of just all kinds of random stuff that you'd never see to, it's kind of a silent period right now. And so I don't know if that's gonna like revert back a little bit or if we're just gonna be like that. I don't know, it's, it's kind of interesting just to see how it all plays out, sure. Yeah, I think during the lockdown, like especially like TikTok took off a lot where um, everybody's on it now. And um, like everybody's I'm doing not, challenges. Well, I'm, I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> I, I have a profile, but I check it like every three weeks because I just don't get any traction on it. I don't do any of the silly challenges or whatever. But I did notice there's like, there's like amazing artists on it because I have my algorithm program to where I don't see all this crap. And it like shows me like musicians or other comedians or artists. And then um, there's like really great talent out there. And I feel like people actually like get gigs out of it where people like see them like, hey, you're really great. And people like even on their videos, they said like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll be doing a little tour here and I get to play here. So TikTok is kind of like, depending on what you put out there and what you want to do. And I feel like TikTok also makes the wrong the wrong stuff kind of like famous because people and there's like people on yeah. there but when i when i go to like shows and then they invite like influencers as like guests to come to shows for free and then like oh what do you do like oh yeah i'm tiktok famous i'm like because they put some dumb content out there and then right. on, TikTok, <laughs> on tiktok it's like easy to get verified and then you get like a million followers for whatever i always feel like when i write my jokes i put so much work in it i test them out and I put a clip on TikTok, I get like 10 views, maybe a dumb comment. And then there's somebody else doing something really stupid, has a million followers. And I'm like, why even work that hard if, if it doesn't mean anything? It's, it's quite remarkable, all the different avenues that you can try to push out and promote your music or your, your art or whatever that is. And it's funny how some things totally work for some people and other people are pretty much doing the exact same thing and it doesn't work at all. And it's just, I don't know, I, I don't understand it and I don't think I ever will. I'm just old enough that like I use, I use all this stuff and, and I'm familiar with a lot of it, but there's seemingly like so many things coming out so fast that I can't keep up with it because I'm just like, I'm still trying to figure out how to get Facebook events to work. Like, <laughs> which is probably more of a Facebook problem than the me problem, but still like, I just can't keep up with it. And I don't know how to, without like dialing in on like one thing, like I would have to spend so much time just focused on TikTok to get TikTok to be a thing. And like, I can't even, you know, it, it's, it's, I don't know. I need somebody to do it for me is what I need. Someone creative. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I feel like. Cause all like those teenagers, they have like some killer videos with all these effects and whatever. I'm like, I don't have time to sit down and figure out how to how to like you have to like film a bit and pause the video and do like then they get changed with a different outfit and you have to time everything and then find like a song 
where the beat kind of like matches your your movements and it's just like i don't it's gonna take me like hours just to like do that one 20 second clip and it's right. just i've got a 15 year old son that's like kind of trying to figure out how to do that stuff like in, in in his own little way so it's just a matter of time he'll figure it out for me and then he'll be like okay dad this is what you got to do and that's 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 when it's all going to take off <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's i guess i guess in this time and age it's good to have like teenage kids because right? they're all up in the like i'm like at this point like when i was a kid like i always knew what's going on what's new but now i'm like i don't want to say i'm old but i'm like it the time in my life where I don't really like focus on technology that much. Like I have my phones, like I should have got an iPhone six. Now we're like at like 13, but I'm like, I don't even know what the new phones can do and the new cameras. Like I don't keep up with all of that. I'm like, I, I remember getting an iPod touch before I ever even had an iPhone. So <laughs> like, a, it was pretty much the same thing just without the phone feature. Like that's how old I am. Like, <laughs> yeah. What I did notice, even like on Instagram and especially Instagram is like, just like out of mind, out of sight. Like I noticed like once you like don't post consistently, like I do like reels and then they take off. But then if you don't post anything for a while, like you don't even show up in people's stories on top anymore or your posts get bumped down. So they're also like, same like in, in real life, like out of sight, out of mind, they want you like nonstop be there. Like, okay, yep. if you don't show up, we don't show you to your friends anymore. And I, gotta... I don't always do this, but I try to post on Instagram every other day, something. And it doesn't always happen, but that's like in the back of my head, I try to keep that there and be like, try to post every other day, just to not be that, you know, disappearing act and then just pop back up. Hey, here we are again. So I don't know. I don't always do it well, but that's like in the in my mind. I'm like, yeah, try to do it every other day. So we'll see. So for uh, promoting the band and everything, is there like, do you just do social media, or is there anything outside you do, or just to be seen? Um, you know, we do a lot. We try to utilize as much free social media stuff as we can, which it those days are kind of over a little bit where you can maximize that completely. Um, but we found that, you know, as long as you kind of continually push your presence to your established fan base, um, that traction can help, but it's really got to the point where if you're really trying to make a push that you almost have to invest a little bit, um, whether it through Facebook or, or, or whoever to do the sponsored post to kind of expand your audience. Um, but once you kind of reel these guys in and get them engaged, it seems to be the best way to go about it. Um, you know, flyers and stuff back when I was in my punk days, we always be making flyers and taking them around and handing them out and the whole thing. And most, most people don't even respond to that anymore. They don't even hang on to it or even you know if you're at a coffee shop you know most people don't even like look up at the board and see what's going on you know it's just like they're they're glued to their phone already so I, I think that that's got to be the way to do it but I feel like it's oversaturated and there's so many people doing it now it's a little harder than it was to, to use it, the free part of it as much and as effectively but um, definitely social media is the way to way to go right now at least 
in my opinion. Yeah, that's like that's like the only way I use right now, and because um, I don't I don't really have any like merch to hand out, but <clears throat> especially like with my photo stuff that I do right now, I was thinking, okay, maybe when I go to like events, take pictures, maybe like make like a T-shirt with like the page name on it, so people see me with the camera, and then like, oh, maybe she's like doing this as a business. Maybe maybe somebody else in the audience, like, hey, I got a band, I want pictures, and. Not everybody like wants to come up while you're like walking around taking pictures. They don't want to bug you. So I was thinking maybe do like, <clears throat> like little like, not like business shirts, but just like what I'm doing and have like something with like the name on it. So people can be like, oh, let me look up this page, see what she's doing. Well, even like on my camera strap, I thought about like having somebody like embroider the name. So it's like easy to see or, I mean, I have, I have stuff at home where I can make like a bunch of stuff. I have like koozies. Uh, I could make like stickers. I mean, I don't know if anybody would want stickers or koozies. From it's, a it's, that high it's that high visibility thing. Like you, you have a band t-shirt or something. You want to make sure you hand it to somebody that's very visible, whether it be another artist or someone who handles like local venues or something like that. It's like always on social media or, or something like that. Those are the people you want to give, give stuff to because yeah. then they're like walking billboards. Um, when we were at, at um, SBC, the seller, the night that you were there, um, we ended up giving a shirt to Michael, the guy that does the booking there. And just yesterday, he did an interview for the local kind of music website people and um, on the scene music. And he was wearing our shirt in that interview and I was like yes that's exactly why I gave you that shirt perfect so yeah that's, yeah, that's what I do a... yeah that's what I do like sometimes when I do like comedy shows like not like anything fancy where people expect you kind of like dress up nicely but like when I do like brewery shows or something like that I always like make sure I pick like one of the band shirts I have and just kind of like wear it and then every now and then somebody like oh who's that and then I like, tell them like because it's mostly like local bands like in Charlotte and you guys like bands that don't really have like a huge following and then um like somebody will come up like oh I've never heard of them before like oh let me look them up and then they might like it they might tell a friend so yeah you never, I get that you never a lot. know I wear I wear like obscure band shirts like almost all the time and you know once or twice a day somebody like who's that what's that well let me tell you <laughs> you know and, and you kind of do the process you you know you, you you buy these shirts and you wear them and then you like also promoting them like like vocally and using it as some kind of avenue to start a conversation <laughs> yeah that's that's what i was thinking like like doing comedy if i make like koozies or something with like just like a catchy slogan because if you just like put your name on it people are like oh they see the name but if you have like something catchy, funny, people be like, what does it mean? And then they're like trying to figure out who wrote that, where it's coming from. I'm kind of trying to like think of ideas of what I could write on it. Like something like, oh, if you're reading this or something, something stupid, people, people be like, oh, I really want this koozie because I really like this line on there, whatever. Right? And it yep, has like your handle that, on it. That's the game, man. That's the game. <laughs> trying to, try to do something that people either think or thought provoking or cool for sure sometimes sometimes people just want dumb stuff they don't want any well thought out whatever they just want something really 
dumb that they can like oh look how dumb this is and then they show it off <laughs> look how dumb this is yeah like some weird ass some weird ass line joke whatever but um i uh we had a uh we played a it wasn't it was not this last summer but the summer before we did a a, a show around my birthday and we tried to promote it as my birthday show to get people to come out and stuff and we had these stickers printed up that had like a picture of just my face with like these like lines coming around me like I was coming out of some like little digital portal or something and it was just like you know like this goofy face I had on my face and we were just giving them away it, it, it said nothing it had no, no words on it no band anything it just my face in a weird funny way we just handed those out and I'm still seeing those like on people's cars and like in random places it's it still cracks awesome. me up <laughs> so when you when you started the band did you have like any support from outside friends family people that help you push it um so when I was a kid like there wasn't really a lot of music in my family um I, I kind of discovered music in general through church um and I didn't even know like that was like a passion of mine until later on um so I, I can't say that it, it was more like a lot of people always have these stories oh yeah I'm sitting around with my family and we were just always playing guitar and singing together that was not my family my family really didn't care I mean they were encouraging whatever but um I had to discover like like I said I, I was saying I would sing in church and I didn't even know I was a good singer And when I was in high school, I was accidentally put in choir, um, did not sign up for it, just showed up on my schedule first day, I'm in choir. And I told the choir teacher at the time, um, I said, listen, this was a mistake. I did not sign up for this class. I don't know why I'm here. And she looked at me, she said, tell you what, come to class for a week. If you don't want to be in here, that's fine. I will, I will help you transfer out into a different class. And I said, fine. And then I ended up staying and really kind of learning how to sing, actually sing a little bit. And um, that was kind of like probably the beginning of where I was kind of starting to figure out that I like this stuff. And then um, through another class in high school, I was taking, I took some like poetry stuff. And I was like, man, I kind of like how this, you know, this writing thing. And I just instantly started trying to figure out how to write. So like for me, it was like this weird little like this happened and this happened and this happened really close together, which kind of like made me figure out that, hey, if I put all this stuff together, I can write a song, um, which I didn't know yet, but that was kind of going on. And then I got a uh, I got a guitar that was a really horrible guitar, but I learned how to play. And I think I'd figured out how to play like two chords. And from those two chords, Instead of like trying to go and learn someone else's song, I was trying to write a song with two chords, like just like randomly, like as a kid, you know, high school kid, not knowing what he's doing. And um, I'll never forget that because like, it was all internal. Like no one was like egging me on. No one's, you know, like there was no motive. It was, it's just all kind of came together at the same time. And that, that's kind of how it started for me. And then I just slowly kept trying to involve myself in different musical endeavors, whether it was my friends had a little cover band they were in or, you know, hey, can I play guitar in your band? Or, hey, can I do this? Can I do that? 
I will, you know, and I ended up doing that until I took, you know, finally started taking it serious and like put a real group together and started doing my thing. Um, so it's kind of a weird, like maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was always a part of me. Maybe it was just some kind of weird little blender thing that happened all at once that just kind of sparked it or what, but yeah, that's mine. That's my, my little backstory. So was it difficult for you to find like band members or have you known the other guys before? It's, you know, even with this project, I kind of let it be, I kind of let fate handle it a little bit. Um, the first band I was in, it was just some guys I met in college and we got together and wanted to jam out and try to figure out how to do this thing. And um, then the first guys I got together with all ended up not being in the band, like going forward. I ended up picking up people from other bands came and joined me and then we kind of made a little a little band um the the broken binding project is kind of the same way i even when i was playing out i didn't play out under my name which is super common james green like that's not going to stick out anyway and i've never been like really like excited about picking like a stage name like <laughs> hey my name is johnny hot rod or something like that that just seems silly to me personally so like I started playing out as the Broken Binding, even though I wasn't even a band yet. And um, just kind of had faith that maybe eventually it would. And that's what happened is just like random, randomly people got introduced into my life. And I'm so, I was like, you know what? You should come do this with me. And they're like, you know what? I should. So I've never really went actively searching too much. Um, I've just kind of let it be organic a little bit and just kind of let it be what it is. And, It's worked out so far. If we were taking this more serious though, like I'm sure that we would be like, oh, we got to find guys that can do these things and can go and, but you know, this is, this is something we take seriously, but we're not serious about, you know, it doesn't matter to us if we never do anything with this, because for us, it's just about creating the art and that whole, that whole shtick. I mean, we really do just enjoy creating and, and, and doing, whatever we feel is authentic at the time so hopefully uh hopefully the guys i have stick around because i really like them and they've become really good friends and i just enjoy making music with them they're just great people that's awesome yeah i noticed like the whole like just letting letting the universe like take the wheel like like for me it worked out too and especially like when i moved to missouri for three months um like i made new connections in comedy And then I bought like my new camera. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go out there. I got to learn my new camera and just go out and go to all kinds of events I can find, shoot stuff. And then at the event, people like reach out, like I post pictures and, and then the seller was really supportive of it. Um, Cause I asked them like, oh, do you mind if I bring my camera? I'm like, no, just come along. And um, they like promoted my pictures and followed my page. And then- hey, that's, through, that's how I found you. Yeah. And then through that's them, you kind of like, yeah. And then, <laughs> they share my post and more people see it like, Hey, we want pictures too. And then people reach out. And I feel like just through like the photography, like I was able to make so many like new connections, all kinds of artists. Like I went to a festival in Canvas, in Kansas in um, August. And there was like musicians, there was um, fire performers, jugglers, all kinds of artists. And then I was like able to make those connections. And I'm hoping I'm going to get some of these people on the podcast to talk about what they're doing, because most of these people are like 
street performers that just like live on the street. They travel from city to city. And it's kind of like interesting to see like their whole story, like how they get into it. And right. Because all these people like always like I see like the Instagram and they're always performing somewhere. They have it like figured out. They're living their life. And um, like now I'm out in Vegas all week. So I, it's like a whole like comedy festival here. So I make like new connections in comedy. I have like bookers here with clubs and then I'm taking headshots for everybody through the festival. But then I make connections through that. And then somebody might reach out down the road like, hey, I have this show and I need somebody to take pictures of me at the show. And this like hits it on the head completely. If I have any advice to give to anyone, no matter what it is, whether it's art, music, real life, whatever, connections are everything. Social, you know, you're asking about social media and stuff earlier. I totally believe that, that there, nothing replaces making that connection. You know, like meeting someone in person saying, hey, I do this, you do that, that's really cool, let's interact. And then being able to take that down the road and eventually hook back up in some different way or find findings, you know, it's, it's a connection. That's what it is. And that's what, it, yep. and it, I mean, that is like the 100% the most important thing to all of this is. Yeah, that's what I'm like trying to like establish with the podcast is like have like artists of all kinds, not just music, not just comedy, people that do all kinds of stuff. Like even like, like I do photography, maybe I get somebody else that does like videos or somebody that does like more like design stuff, um, maybe marketing because because I try to like mostly interview like like artists that nobody's heard about, but I feel like, okay, the people should know about these people. And then there might be somebody- There's so many listening. of them. There's I so know. many of them. And there might be like one episode where somebody listens like, hey, I really like, I have to check out their band and I like them. I want them to come to my place. Or somebody might be doing design or whatever in some band or another artist might be like, hey, I, I need something designed. Maybe I should reach out to that person. And maybe like we did, I, I took pictures, you gave me a shirt. So it's kind of like, like, like a little exchange. It's like a win-win. Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's not always all about money. Like, hey, yeah, I do this and you have to like pay me all this money. It's like, okay, what can I offer you? And what can I maybe get in return? You just kind of like exchange skills and just help each other out and build like this whole like small it's, artist. It's all about thing. creating those little communities and and being able to build each other up in a, in a world that is crazy and seemingly always trying to just tear everybody down. The most yeah. important thing we can do is build our communities, continue our cultures, and to to make those connections and friendships. I think that that is like, it seems kind of cheesy to say, but like literally, like that is like so important right now. And it doesn't matter if you're an artist or just a regular person or, or you know, or whatever it is, like you've got to do these things. Like I mean, that's what that's how we function. And that's how we 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 make ourselves better. That's how we build each other up. And we're all better off for it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like as bad as the pandemic was or still is, I feel like it also had like its good side because all the connections I have in comedy right now, I think 90% of them I wouldn't have if it wasn't for the pandemic. Because when we shut down, everybody was on Zoom and then we had like the the one little network that everybody started joining. And now it has like 10,000 members and we're like doing Zoom shows. There's people from America, from Australia, from Europe, 
So everybody was in like different time zones, but we all made it work to do like little online showcases, like little Zoom stuff. We did like That's super feedback. Cool. We did like feedback sessions where everybody brought like the joke premises and just tossed them out there. And then you get like feedback from other people or somebody made like, hey, I have this show coming up and I would really like you to be on it and just like everything on Zoom. So otherwise, I probably I probably wouldn't know about this festival right now because the, the president that's running it, he was on a podcast episode from the from the um, comedy network I'm in, and he like promoted the festival and gave people like discounts to sign up and promoted them to go to like more spots. So I guess without that, I wouldn't even be here right now and know about all the stuff that's going on. So I feel like the whole lockdown kind of like help people to just come together and support and build like all these little networks that we need even like across the whole world not just like wherever you're located so it's kind of that's awesome as bad as the pandemic is i mean it's 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 good yeah i mean it's definitely had its had its silver linings for sure especially early on i felt like people were super positive about these things early on and then then it got a little weird but (laughs) We shall persevere. We shall push on and all that. So do you have, like you said, you limit, you try to limit your, your bookings, but is there still like, like a goal you're trying to reach? Like, do you want to be like really known no. or get out there or just like keep it where you're at right now? Just not really. Fun? I've got, I've not. I've, so I'm a writer. I'm a songwriter. Would it be super cool if people knew my work and respected it and that whole thing? Sure. I mean, you want validation. You want those things. Um, I have no desire to have any kind of fame or any of that. I, I, you know, sure. Would it be nice to be able to play really cool venues and, and you know, play with other really cool bands at really cool festivals? Sure it would. That would be awesome. But um, if we could achieve that by limiting like that whole fame thing as much as possible, I'd be super into that because <laughs> I'm not really big into that. Um, I think if I had the money to do it, um, you would never even see my face on any of the stuff that I'm doing. I would probably pay people to illustrate it or something like that just because it's just not why I'm doing it. Like I, I, fame is such a silly thing. Like I would, I would want nothing to do with it for sure. I <laughs> get away with it. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I want, I want to like even in comedy, I want to like get to a point where it's like, okay, I can make a living of it, but I don't like walk down the street and everybody's like, oh hey, 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 like getting out your name, and I'm like, okay, if, if you just like, because even here at the festival, there's there's comics that make a shit ton of money doing comedy, but you never heard their name, right? Like, oh my god, who are you? And then they tell you all the money they're making. I'm like, wow, I've never really heard of you. So they're kind right. of like staying still like undercover, but they there's make tons so of bands money. like that too, that have their little niches that just, you know, within their little community, it's, it's, they're super well-known and people are just, you know, there's this band, uh, for instance, called Lost Dog Street Band. And a lot of people don't know who they are, but if you're in the right click and, and crowd and, and that whole thing, then you, definitely know who they are and you love them with a crazy amount of fervor that you cannot even explain um and these people are doing these types of things oh hello a a dog just walked in (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but uh, I don't even remember what I was saying. I, I just literally just got attacked by a dog. Oh, the, the, the local um, band. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. I'm just going to end it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, even in Missouri, like when I went to like open mics, um, like there was one in Neosho. I don't know if you're familiar with Neosho and in Indian bit, Springs, yeah. the brewery. Like I used to go to I've that never open been mic. down there. Yeah, they had an open mic on Wednesdays and I was the only comic when I went and they really like, they were really like appreciative of like, the, like having comedy in between the music and they always wanted me to come back. But even like the musicians that were playing at the open mic, I'm like, whoa. Because usually like when I go to an open mic in Charlotte where they have like music, you can tell somebody is just like trying to like whip something up and it might not sound really great. But um, but those you people know, in Yosha, I was impressed. I really enjoy listening. I don't listen every day or anything like that. Um, but do you listen to Joe Rogan at all? No, he's, he's not really my kind of. <laughs> so I listen to his podcast randomly, depending on who he has on. And um, he talks a lot about um, the comedy clubs and the, the, you know, the open mic stuff and, and all this stuff. And he never talks specifically about it for too long, but it just kind of like kind of drops into this conversation. And one of the things I always find so interesting is, is how he's talking about how these guys who you've never heard of have just polished these great acts and will walk up and just kill and how other people um, basically just go up there and wing it and just kill. And then you got these other people that go up there and have no idea what they're doing and try to wing it and just die. <laughs> and, you know, he's always telling these different stories and stuff, just kind of little add-ons from other stuff we're talking about. And I, I, I do enjoy kind of hearing about that stuff because I could never get up and do something like that. I, I, it seems my wife and says I'm a funny guy, but I could never do stand-up. That's for sure. And she's, she's right. <laughs> See, I'm on the other hand, I could never imagine myself to go up there and just start singing. Like even right? if I went to an open mic, like like just when I do comedy and I record my voice and I listen to it, I was like, oh my God, I can't imagine having to listen to it while I'm singing. I would be like, oh my God, just shut up. You know, the hardest ones, I've always kind of made this, this um, kind of idea out there is when I would play, when I first started playing solo stuff, by myself I hated playing the shows where there was like 10 people there because it was too intimate and it was too like there was like okay there's nothing separating me I would rather get up in front of like 5,000 people and do my thing because at least then you're just a big sea of people that don't matter instead of 10 individuals that are like literally boring into my soul with your eyes uh, so but yeah, getting being vulnerable enough to get up and do that sort of thing is kind of a trick, and and it's not necessarily a fun one to figure out. But once you do, it's not it's not too bad. I'm sure this comedy's got to be the same way. Is once you kind of get to a point where you're able to just let it fly and just let it be what it is, then yeah, I, I'm sure it gets a lot better. But I can't imagine getting up and just bombing. Like I can't imagine how hard it would be to like get up and. Because, I mean, that's got to happen to everybody at some point, right? Like, you get up and people yeah. are like, yeah, I'm not into this. And, like, I don't think, like, I'm too, like, I get hurt too easily on my insides. Like, I would be like, oh, I can never do it again. 
Yeah, I feel like I mean, like comedy and music. It's like, like in comedy, you instantly get like your feedback. Either people laugh or they stay silent. So you automatically know you suck. But I feel like if you just sing a shitty song you wrote and and totally mess up your chords, people are not going like 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 either either if you if your music is really great or you just like trying to make something work, they're still like just you listening. Never, so you don't get the instant like, okay, this really yeah, sucks. You, I mean, like you get a little applause and stuff and every once in a while, but like, I don't know how many times I finished playing a video. I come off the stage and, you know, I walk up either to the venue owner or manager or whatever. And I'm like, hey, you know, how was it? You know, I don't know how, you know, the interpretation, it's two, you know, it's two different sides of a coin being up there on that stage and looking at, I mean, you're looking at something completely opposite. And I don't know how many times I go and I'm like, was it okay? <laughs> you know, like, cause I don't know. I mean, yeah, people were clapping here and there and stuff being, but you never know if people are just being polite or what. So yeah, I can see, I can see a lot of parallels in musical performance and comedy, but at the same time, I can see how they're also like completely opposites at the same time. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Plus with like music, you can always like, you don't have to make eye contact. You can like, I feel like musicians sometimes like they close their eyes or whatever and you can get oh, away. Oh, I do it, it all the time. Yeah. I do it but all the with time. With me doing comedy, it would be totally weird if I just had my eyes closed the whole time or totally like <laughs> just stare up the ceiling and tell my joke. Where in music, you can I, be like, okay, this is the emotion I, I'm feeling right now. I look up and sing. I'm like, I do it all the time. Like, <laughs> I don't, it, whether it be like, cause sometimes, I mean, I'll get even like into the song. Sometimes during a performance, I will kind of go into that place where I was when I was writing that song, which is cool because it translates emotionally a little bit to the crowd and they, that, that comes through in your performance. And sometimes it hurts because sometimes the things we write don't feel so good when we write them. And you, you know, like, you'll you'll kind of slide into that by accident during a performance and sometimes all you can do is close your eyes and just be like you know what let's just get through this little song here let's focus up you know because it's it's a thing but yeah like i i do that all the time like my wife used to make fun of me so much she's like why do you always close your eyes when you sing you need to make more eye contact i was like i know but sometimes it's hard to look at people <laughs> you know yeah yeah i feel like that's what i like I like about comedy because if I was writing music about like bad things that happened to me or whatever, like losing losing a family member and I wrote a song about it and I went up there, I can't imagine myself not starting to cry or whatever or even be able to like sing it. But then in comedy, you, you can take the same topic and just put a twist on it and make it funny. And instead of having like when you sing it, people get all emotional, but then now I am actually having like this comedic twist on it, and people actually laugh. So it's like the same thing, but you have like two different reactions. It's to like, yeah, it's kind of like the, uh, the whole like uh, laughing is, is some of the best medicine type of thing where, yeah, I'm talking about some things that aren't so comfortable, but you know, as long as we kind of laugh and make fun of it, we, we can kind of cope and get through this together. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know. And it's weird too, because like when you're performing, like music and you and you wrote this music and you know why you wrote this music and some songs you don't even think about it and then the next week you'll be playing somewhere and that same exact song will hit you so hard it's just weird man like yeah. art art is weird it just is but that's what makes it cool all right let's let's wrap this up with our last question what would you 
say is like your, your favorite childhood memory looking back? Man, see, like, I don't know. Like, I will give you a musical childhood memory. Um, not necessarily when I was a child, but like I was kind of a child coming up in, in this whole music thing. And I was playing with this punk band. We were called the 77 Jeffries. Um, we had just started taking off and doing all this stuff. And we came to, I think the town was called Kingman, Kansas. It's south of Wichita, just a little ways. And they had like kind of an old, like a, like an old downtown main street district with old big buildings and stuff. And there was this like old theater house and we'd been booked to play. Like, it was kind of like a youth outreach thing. And we, I was quite a bit younger at the time. And so they had been canvassing the area and they got all these kids there and all this stuff. And so we rolled up, we got everything set up and the whole thing. And there was a lot of kids there. I was like, man, there's a lot of kids here. And they had some motivational speakers and stuff. And then like at the end of the night, we were supposed to go on and finish it out with a concert. And they had this band play. And I hate to do this because I'm not, I don't like to speak ill of anybody. I don't remember what the band was called or anything, but they weren't very good. Okay. Um, and the kids were like, yeah, I'm out. And the kids literally start just walking out the door. And I'm looking at the other guys and I'm like, no, 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 we can't, no. Tell all these people to come back. There's too many people here. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Like, let's go get them. So we like literally go out on the street and like employ these kids. We're just like, hey, come on guys. We implore you to come back inside. We promise it's worth it. We'll, and so like our, our drummer or bass player one went over and talk to the main event coordinator guy. I'm like, hey man, you know, all these kids are leaving, they're out on this. Let us get up and do a song or two before your speaker comes up to kind of wrap these guys in and we'll get up. So we did that, we played a song, kids loved it. Um, so we got, we went back to stage, the speaker thing went, we came back out, put on a really good show um, from what I remember. And everyone had a really great time. And um, it was the, coolest thing and the weirdest thing like after the show the kids were like just so like appreciative that we would come to their little Kansas town and play this music that they actually were into and and they just were so appreciative I think we sat outside the venue afterwards sold out all of our merch that we had and signed autographs for like two hours which I don't think I've ever done ever you know <laughs> like i've signed autographs for a few minutes but like at certain places but never that and you know it was just a bunch of kids and it was the coolest thing because it was a very positive event these kids stuck around heard some very positive things that i know were going to a positive place for them but then to just be able to connect with with a group of people on that level and like, we were pretty young as a band, like it was pretty new to us. And, you know, we were just trying to figure it out. And I know that's not really a childhood memory, but it, it, it's one of my first musical memories where I, I felt like I really connected with a mass amount of people at once, just through music, which is like the coolest thing ever. And these, you know, these guys were probably middle school to high school age kids, you know, they probably don't even remember it ever happened, but I do. And that's one of the coolest things. Um, I'll never forget it. Like it was just a, such a neat night and everyone was just so like appreciative and just so nice. And 
yeah, I, I think that that's one of the things too that probably propelled me into, hey, there's power in this whole music thing we're doing. Let's let's keep doing that. So anyway, I know it's not a childhood memory, but that's what I got. That's that's, that's great. I mean, it's still something that like sticks with you forever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, thanks for sharing that. And um, yeah, is there like like where on social media and where can people find you? Yeah, um, pretty much if you look up The Broken Binding, um, you can find it. Um, Facebook is backslash The Broken Binding. I think that's pretty much most of them. If you're having a hard time, sometimes just Broken Binding, sometimes music, but usually you can find it. Um, I did lift the name out of a book that I read once. So every once in a while, you'll get some book people. Um, there's a few websites out there pertaining to the broken binding that's more about books that we get tagged in every once in a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's pretty easy to find. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook is probably the places we're most most active. Okay. Yeah, we'll also put it in the in the show notes for people that have a hard time finding it. Try to link it. And yeah, come find come, come find us on social media. Give us a follow and a like. Um, we are going in the studio in early November and gonna record our first like full band record. And hopefully that'll be out by the first of the year. So we'll see how it all goes, but yeah, come follow us and, and, and give us a like and all that. And uh, we'll keep you posted on that. And we are super excited to meet new people from all over wherever your people are from. Cause it sounds like you're like all over the country all the time. So little pockets yeah, like would be nice. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like all over like different states trying to like spread the word, like people I meet, bands I meet. Yeah, and definitely, definitely give the Broken Binding a follow, check them out on Spotify, it's totally worth it. They're on my playlist and um, yeah, check them out, maybe they're coming, maybe you're in Missouri, because I guess right now you're just Missouri based music wise, you don't like, or do you go to yeah, different I mean states? We do some stuff regionally, like we'll go into Oklahoma or Kansas, sometimes Arkansas. Um, we haven't quite figured out, like, I think we want to do some, some loops, um, like, you know, like short runs, but I, I don't anticipate like a na nationwide tour anytime soon or anything like that. But, um, you know, if we can get enough support from a certain region, uh, we have talked a little bit about taking, you know, taking a week and going, you know, either down into like Kentucky, Ohio, you know, like that direction and back, or uh, maybe even out to like the Colorado area and back, things like that. So, um, yeah, if you uh, follow us and like what we do, let us know, you know, we'll see if we can figure out how to get to your area. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. It was fun talking to you. You too. Learning about the band, your project, everything behind it. And um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. I think you're, 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 already, uh, you're already at noon. No, you're at 11, 11 o'clock. You're your central time, right? Yeah, I'm just, getting, I'm just getting started though. So I, I, yeah, I have yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. It's still early in the morning. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for joining you us. Thank you. All right. Bye.